This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 115, Robocop, the franchise and the reboot. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Palmer. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Welcome to Strangers and Aliens podcast about sci-fi and fantasy and about the connection with our Christian lives. I'm Ben Avery. I am a comic book writer and a fan of science fiction and fantasy movies, comics and books and music and what other mediums, uh, video games. Uh, everything. Yeah. You dabble. You dabble in, in almost everything. I do. I'm a dabbler. Crossword puzzles. Sci-fi fantasy crossword puzzles. I, I remember doing some of those back in the day in the Star Trek coloring books and stuff. Um, do, you know what I, do you know what I found once? Well, before you tell us what you found once, why don't you tell us who you are? Oh, Steve McDonald. I'm a bus driver. I drive my bus. Um, I've been known to read comics on occasion. And uh, I am a host of the show. So what did you find? I was at Friendlies. Do you have Friendlies where you are? I don't know if how, like Big Boy. How much they they reach? I don't know. It's it's, or it's Denny's or something like that. Basically, they they serve ice cream, but they also serve meals, so you okay. can get their meal and then you can get the ice cream. And they have these little kids menus, you know, the little paper things, and it has little to do things for the kids. And one, they had this word search, and it had you know cat and ball and things like that. And these little, you know, things in the word search that, you know, and they had a whole list of all these different words in, in the word search. And I'm looking at it and I'm saying to myself, that's word because it's weird because I, I see the word galactic in there. And you can't just accidentally write galactic. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. It's it's not galactic. It's galactica. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. <laughs> oh no, that's I started, awesome. I started looking like, you know, backwards and, and backwards diagonally and stuff. And there was Starbuck, there was Caprica. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I forget what awesome. else. I forget what else was in there, but it was like someone put those in there for someone like me to find. Totally. So. That almost makes you want to just like track down the person who made this little puzzle. Yeah, and get them fired. I wasn't going to go that way. No? No, that was strangely emotional and disturbing. 
that you <laughs> you were so ready with that. So. <laughs> the axe. <laughs> so hey, uh, here's what we're talking about today, Steve. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. We're talking about RoboCop. That's awesome. All right. Now we're not just talking about the 2014 movie, although we will be talking about that, and there will be spoilers at the end of this podcast about the end of that movie yeah Um, hopefully because well you'll find out later so but what what we are going to do is we're actually going to kind of take a walk through the franchise and the themes of the franchise and um some interesting uh side trips that the franchise took that i was (laughs) uh I, i just find this franchise very very interesting and there's a lot of franchises like this that i i find interesting just based on what they've done with it. Like the James Bond franchise. That's a really interesting franchise because they've kept it alive for so long um, by, you know, by taking something that was actually kind of a uh, an innovation in the spy genre yep. and then just totally with every single movie, like after the first two or whatever, uh, <laughs> copying whatever was out there. And so uh-huh. just copying what was hot and new and fresh and it's just a really interesting franchise to look at uh, the Godzilla franchise I find really interesting mm-hmm. um, and uh, actually in a lot of the ways the same ways that I find Robocop an interesting franchise now really yeah now here's the thing though I am not a huge Robocop fan uh, right. I had to borrow the movies in order to watch the movies before uh, before seeing the the big screen movie um I just find this franchise really, really interesting. I kind of like the movies, and I was excited to see this movie, the 2014 reboot, based on the trailer. So, um, Steve. Yeah. uh, How familiar are you with the the RoboCop franchise? Well, the the funny thing is I went to see the the new movie, and then I said, you know what? I'm going to watch the original movie. And I was watching the original movie – and it was amazing how much I didn't remember mm-hmm. because I, re, I, I, I can only assume that I saw it. I mean, it, it's Robocop. So, <laughs> you know, but there was so much in it that I was like, I have, I, I guess they didn't show it on TV around here when, you know, when I was younger or something. Um, I don't remember ever owning it. Uh, I don't ever remember requesting it you know, over at a friend's house Uh or anything. So I think I may have seen it once and then completely forgotten most of it, except the part of the robot cop. So, all right, well, let's, let's first uh, off, let's, um, let's start with an overview of what this podcast episode is going to cover. Mm -hmm. And then we'll move into, um, some of our, some of the background with the movie and some of the, the things that are going on with this franchise. And then we'll get into the new movie and like I said, at the end, there will be some spoilers where we talk about the ending, but we'll be talking about some of the theme stuff um, throughout here, but that kind of culminates with that spoilery ending. Um, yeah. If you do not want to be spoiled, um, we'll give you our, our recommendation for this new movie before we get into the spoiler section of the of the podcast. Yeah. So, um, so here's how it's going to be laid out. We're going to talk about the franchise itself. And that's going through the first few, the first few movies, some of the things on TV, and then We'll talk about the reboot uh, specifically and kind of delve into um, just things we liked about the reboot movie 
and things that we found interesting, maybe things we didn't like, and then, like I said, you know, themes and ideas that it brings up. Because the trailer promised that. That's the one thing that got me excited about this movie was that the trailer promised some sci-fi themes. And so we'll mm-hmm. talk about if it delivered on that or not. Right. And then uh, a little bit of spoiler, lover spoiler alert, and then we'll talk about the ending of the movie. So uh, here's my my first recollection of RoboCop. I think I was eighth grade and the movie came out. And I just remember kids at school talking about the movie. Was this in, was this in Canada? No, no, this was not okay. in Canada. This so was you didn't, this was in Ohio. You didn't see it like if they translated it into Canadian, right? No, I, I didn't. You can speak both, right? You you speak American and Canadian. I speak fluent Canadian, okay, um, but not fluent other Canadian. Okay, so, good. Um, good to know. I'm so, writing that down. Anyway, the uh, as far as that goes, the kids. I remember kids talking about it at school. I couldn't go see it because it's an R-rated movie, right? You know, and so um, I was interested in it because it looked really cool. It was a robot cop. You know, the name was right there. But I remember the, the spoiler the bully Man. the bully kids the kid and in fact the kid that I actually got in a fight with um, who was just this bully he was mean you know. We're the geek kids, and the bully kids. There, I hear. I remember vividly for some reason. Remember them talking about RoboCop, and about how cool it was, and talking about the things you know, the way he walked and the way he drew his gun, and all that kind of thing. I do not understand or why I remember this so vividly, other than to thinking, you know, I thought these guys thought they were cool, and yet they're still going to see a sci-fi movie. So, yeah, I don't know. But um, anyway, yeah, that was the one kid I got in a fight with in eighth grade. It was a interesting fight. We'll talk about that another day probably. <laughs> so, okay. So then in high school, um, I did sometimes see R-rated movies. My parents did not know I was watching oh. these R-rated movies um, like Alien Nation and um, Highlander. <laughs> Wow. Uh, specifically Highlander 2 <laughs> the quickening and not the director's cut cuz they was, hadn't that was that, that was rated R for wrong that was rated R for retreat get away from this movie <laughs> right now um but RoboCop was not one that we ever rented and RoboCop ended up being a movie that I rented on my own in college because I was like oh science fiction R-rated. I'm old enough now. Whatever, you know. And yeah. So here's the thing. Let's let's give a brief overview of the the uh, the the concept of the franchise. It's pretty simple, Steve. Okay. Would you care to care to care to say say it? What well, is was... what is RoboCop about? RoboCop is basically about where humanity lies you know where in 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 the robocop obviously it's the it's the smack in the face you know where is robocop's humanity but you have all these other people in the movies that don't have anything to do with with robots or even cybernetics or whatever who are less human less you i think know, you're kind of skipping ahead here 
Oh, okay. Go ahead. I was kind of wanting you just to say it's about a guy who was a cop. It's about a guy. he gets wounded. His body <laughs> dies. Oh, okay, okay. And they put him into a robot body. Oh, yeah. And so he's RoboCop. That's kind of where want, I was. Do you want to back uh, it up? And wait, I'll, the, the, I'll brief, the brief overview. Um, so we'll, we'll get into the theme stuff soon. <laughs> but, do you mean um, to, No, no, can, we're good. We're good. We're, we'll just keep moving. We'll keep it's moving. a cop. It's a robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is what's on the tin. It does what's on the tin. It does what it says on the tin. That's what the saying is. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it it delivers too. If you go into a movie called RoboCop, you're expecting a robotic cop, and yeah. guess what you're going to get? You're going to get it. Now, what do you think about the character himself? The, the character design for for RoboCop. I th- I, th- I always thought it was it was striking. Um, because visually, you get that sense of it, it sort of has that you know, singular Cylon eye type mm-hmm. thing that has has going on for it. Um, but obviously, the you know the the human face, which is sort of ridiculous if you think about it. You're sending this thing into battle that's fully armored except the face. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the, the Batman face. problem. It's the Batman <laughs> problem. Batman. Everyone talks about Batman's weakness. Is he's human? No, Batman's weakness is he designed a suit <laughs> that allows a really good sharpshooter to shoot him right there. Yeah, in the mouth, in the face. Yeah, I mean they they could easily you get a upward angle on that shot, you could get right in there, and he's he's brain dead. He's done. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's Batman's Batman's weakness is his fashion design. Sense or lack thereof, fashion. Fashion fails. It is fashion fail. You know, and Robocop suffers from the same thing. But still, visually, you need to have that. I mean, it's a it's a sci fi movie. Right. It's not real. You know, there no one is ever going to realistically uh, exploit that because that's not what that element is there for. I do remember though. I do remember someone in. Maybe the third movie or the second one where it's these punks and they're like, we just got to get them in the mouth, man. We just got to get them in the mouth. And then they yeah, never maybe. did it. They yeah. talk about it and then they turned around and like attacked him with uh, um, like they threw alcohol on him and tried to light him on fire. Yeah. But the thing is that's that's when it's starting to lose its way is when you have, you know, th- those design elements that mean something very specific to the design, mm-hmm. you know, now being played out in the script and in the story, you know, it, it's just. Well, that's like where you have the reboot, but it's a parody reboot and they make fun of all the stuff right. that, that yeah. made sense when you're watching the story and you're not thinking about it. Yeah. And actually, you know what else it's like? It's like with Civil War, like you said, once you get this out of the bottle, you can't put it back in mm-hmm. where they're talking about licensing superheroes. It totally makes sense. Why didn't they ever do that before? Because it didn't work for the story. And then once they finally do it, they can never go back because right. it's out there. And yeah. it's the same kind of thing. With, yeah, I, I, I agree though that the the design for this this um, this character is so visually stunning and it's really cool looking. Oh yeah, it's really yeah. cool looking. It's a sleek design. It's silver, um, you know, which just looks shines tough. on the screen. Yeah. Uh, you got the gun holster in the leg mm-hmm. that automatically pops out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So 
that's one thing that this movie really could have been bad because first of all, it's called RoboCop. Mm-hmm. It had a hard time getting made in Hollywood because of the name. People thought it was a joke. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's like all those, you know, all those cop movies that you throw out there, but it's not just a cop movie. It's a cop and his partner's a kid and it's called, <laughs> it's called kid and cop, you know, yeah. or, or the cop and his partner's a cat and it's called <laughs> cop cat, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, RoboCop, it sounds like a joke and, yeah, but the design really helps to get, mm-hmm. get past that. So, yeah. Um, okay. So the first movie then comes out. In 1988, I think something around there, and it's directed mm-hmm. by Paul Verhoeven. Mm-hmm. Are you yep. familiar with any of his work? I am. Yeah. What are you familiar with, um, with from him? Well, uh, most most notably Total Recall. Total Recall and Starship Troopers. The first, yeah, one. which has interesting parallels to uh, to RoboCop. You know, I was rewatching RoboCop this time, and I thought those two movies really go together. They. they could. They, yeah. you know, kind of spiritual sequel, if not, you know, plot and character. Right. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of the tone, the same kind of tone, the ultraviolence, yeah. the and social the, uh, satire. Yeah. The the fake ads. Yep. And, and, and the, news the, reports. The propaganda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, okay. So, but he's known for over the top. And, yeah. And, and I think. Basic Instinct and Showgirls and. You know, some of those other ones are some of the really, you know, we're not suggesting you go and see those <laughs> at all. Um, um, but, you know, total, to total Recall, high science fiction there, you know, going to Mars and all that stuff. And the, uh, the I mean, just to, you know, do androids dream of electric sheep. Um, no, that's Blade Runner, right? right. <laughs> we can remember for you wholesale is, is uh, Total Recall. So it's based on, you know, a, a hard science fiction story uh starship troopers based on uh you know hard science fiction so he's he does science fiction and then also he does but this is the first one yeah this it is, was this he is went from robocop to total recall right and then total recall to basically sick showgirls and then starship troopers <laughs> um so he kind of well, well probably the less said about those other ones the better but uh, <laughs> You peaked at Total Recall. <laughs> I think you might have peaked at a uh, RoboCop, but no. um, I yeah okay. So with RoboCop, then it's directed by Paul Verhoeven. He reads the script. He decides he's going to do it. He's he's attracted to it, um, and so we get this movie that is just huge, 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 huge violence, um, over the top social satire, mm-hmm. and yeah. gets an. X rating. So as we're doing this overview of the franchise, I want you guys and Steve, I'm assuming you knew this. Did I, you? I didn't know it had an X. It oh. did. So it, it the X rating, um, you know, now it, the X rating that it got it, it is the kind of thing where it would have been like the unrated um, director's cut kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. They toned down the violence to get it into theaters. Right. And, What's Barely. interesting is well, what's interesting <laughs> is the stuff they toned down um, made it so it wasn't so over the top, which I think kind of it harmed the style of the movie mm-hmm. by making it more realistic, almost. You know, and so instead of exploding body parts, 
Right. It's just you see the the impact of the bullets and you see the, you know, reaction shot of the person screaming in pain, but you're not seeing this crazy, you know, rubber balloon hand filled with blood or whatever. I don't know. Right. Um, and so I think in some ways by cutting that down, it um, it declawed the satire of violence. And we'll talk about that in a second. But then also made it a little more disturbing. So you're not getting a cartoon. You're not getting an R cartoon of violence. Mm-hmm. You're getting almost more realistic violence because yeah. of the cuts that they made. Um, I don't know if uh, – well, I, I, I mean I know that wasn't their intention. I don't, I don't think anyone really wanted it to go in that direction to be more realistic. But No. Um, <laughs> but, but I seriously, I look at this movie and I think it's, you know, kind of a parody of, you know, there's a lot of satire, but I think part of the satire comes from just the ultra violence. Now, whether or mm-hmm. not that's a valid way of satirizing violence is by creating something that's even more violent than this, the violence that you're satirizing. You know, that's, that's a discussion we can have, but. Well, the, the thing where it fails is it can't get that far over the top. You know, it's like, uh, you know Gulliver's Travels. If you were making a movie, Gulliver's Travels, and you were like, "Well, we really can't get Lilliputians. You know, we can't get six-inch tall people. So you know, the 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 Lilliputians will be, you know, about five feet tall, four and a half to five feet tall. Yeah, they would be short people, but it just it doesn't push it as far as it needs to go to put it over the top." To have these, you know, tiny little people, you know, riding carriages on on him, and and you know, things well, like that. If their carriages would crush him. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're saying, you're saying that you couldn't go over the top with ultra violence enough to actually make it be a, a parody of ultra violence or a parody of of violent yeah. movies of yeah. the '80s. Because as soon as you have to tone it down. And you can't get that that peak, you know that that far and away. Okay, this is completely, totally ridiculous type of feel to it. Then it just it's one of those movies that has a lot of violence. Well, and that's that's what I'm saying is I think that's what yeah. it, be, it definitely became that. Yeah. With the with R-rated cut, right. um, but I feel like I don't know because I've, I've seen both cuts, and I, I feel like it it's. The way it plays out in the unrated director's version or whatever is that it gets into – I mean it's unsettling violence and it gets you to a point where you stop being unsettled by it because it's just so prevalent. Right. And I think that's where the parody comes. The parody comes in, haha, look what I did to you. You know, I made you – I think they purposely are making you desensitized to the violence of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. If, again, whether or not that works or not, I don't know. But I, I definitely it's unsettling with the, especially when Alex Murphy, the main character, he gets killed by Red from that '70s show, <laughs> and um, they just lay into him. I mean, they are just shooting, 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 yeah. shooting. Yeah. It is bad I mean, and you see it yeah now in the the r-rated cut they cut away from it but you see it i mean he is splattered yeah. and 
that's unsettling, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they just con- continually come back to that kind of, you know, where people are just getting shot multiple times and you're not expecting, you're not expecting to get shot once, but all of a sudden, bam. And then all of a sudden, bam, 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 bam you know, eight more, <laughs> you know, it's just, okay. Wow. This is uh, again, over the top. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what do you think of the first movie then, Steve? Well, I think that I, I really like the character of Lewis, which is, um, his partner, you know, the, the, the partner, uh, the uh, female, a female partner. Which the, is yeah, cool. It's a female partner, but the thing is, it's it's odd because the dynamic there is you have a, a, a male and a female, mm-hmm. and it it there hasn't been a family introduced yet, and you you get this this tough girl cop, but she's still feminine and and everything, and you're like, oh, okay, well, this is the love interest, but then you have him get these like little flashbacks of this woman and this boy, and you're like. Oh wait a minute! He's involved with someone else, and then you're like, "Oh, okay, so it's going to be like a a love triangle thing." But and they it never go there. They never go there, and it, yeah. it doesn't turn that way. And then later on, you you are very. It's very clear that this he this, this was a woman that that loved him, um, but she just just doesn't show up and then she's she's gone she leaves she goes on because the wife you mean you know, the wife yeah. Yeah. yeah um and but lewis stays with the um the robocop until you know the very end of the movie um i won't i won't say whether or not she we lives can, or, we or can dies spoil or, the first movie or, we can spoil because it's well dr jace might not have seen it so well, he yeah. doesn't listen to the episodes he's not in, so perhaps she becomes a second RoboCop, maybe not. Ah, maybe. that'd be kind of cool. Robo RoboCop. Uh no, Bride of Robo- RoboCop. That's Bride what it would be. Bride of RoboCop. Bride or maybe of RoboCop. RoboCop gives up his robotness to to be the the new love interest here. Yeah, who knows? It could be almost anything. So Dr. Jace, I'm really trying not to to blow it for you if you haven't <laughs> I, seen I, it. He's not listening. Um no. but <laughs> outside of that it's just there's a lot of bad language. There's a lot of violence. Um, very little nudity, actually, for movies of this type. But still, you know, you, the eighties action you get, movies. You're right. I mean, yeah, they never go to the strip club. No, they well, they they go to a club. It's not a strip club. Um, but I wanted to go back to Lewis and the wife, though, real quick, because okay. I, I do want to kind of touch on that. Um, they set it up. You know, it could be a, a love triangle. There is no romantic connection between Robocop and Lewis at all. And but there's there's at least that that sense of here's two people who like being with each other. Right. They're they're partners, they're good friends. Yeah. But you know, it's that Hollywood trap of when you put two well, I'm not gonna say two attractive people on the screen because <laughs> Robocop is not attractive after he becomes Robocop. He's um, he's not, yeah, he's not leading man material when they put the makeup on him, but you know, you've got your two leads on the screen together. That's what you expect from, from a yeah. movie. Yeah. And I just find it really interesting that they don't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of, when we get to the third one, they kind of do something, but, um, but they never really go to that place. So, 
Um, okay, but let's get back to language then. Language and the R-ratedness of this. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm, I'm the type of person who I – if I hear language, then I have a tendency to – you know, it, when, I, when I'm making word choices, those words now are more prevalent for me to, to optionally make those choices. And I really don't like to use those words at all. You know, especially with kids, and I drive a bus and all that stuff. So, um, I have a problem when it comes to movies like this, which, which is over the top verbally. Um, you know, it's it's sort of a barrage to me. Uh, you know, there's some things you can just look at, like with the violence. I look away from the screen, but you can't look away from someone saying bad things. You know, so it it, it I think that is is one of the things in movies like this which bothers me the most um, and would lead me to not uh, not uh, recommend it to, to people, especially uh, obviously with kids. It's an R-rated movie. Um, well, we already talked about this. Yeah, exactly. It was rated X. I mean, let's... Yeah, let's let's but, uh let's let's make sure our audience knows if you're looking at the first RoboCop movie, you're looking at an R-rated movie that had it trimmed down yeah. to the minimum that yeah. they could, so it could slide in and get an actual R rating. Now, the, hard R. I believe the X rating is not actually uh, an official MPAA rating, or or, or may, maybe it wasn't then, or, or something like that. But when I we talk about it being rated X, it's it's the MPAA saying we're not going to put our stamp of approval on this. Right. So and it could only be rated X after it, that. Or well, or it be unrated. I think it would have been released as an unrated movie, which theaters would not carry right. unrated movies. And the X rating, you know, is the, is the rating that, um, film producers would use to say to you, to say, we're stamping this X on here because, you know, it's, it's something so over the top, whether it's something sexual or whether it's something, right. um, you know, violence or, or whatever. Right. Um, and actually the NC 17 rating is that, they created that specifically so the MPAA could have a rating to give to movies that would have gotten an X or would have gotten an unrated. Right. But, um, but anyway, I mean, like, yeah, we're, we're talking about a movie that it slid in under the line, you know, as far as what was acceptable in 1988. Right. Yeah. Um, now take, take out some of the language and I think we'd be looking at a PG-13 movie in some ways. <laughs> modern day but yeah and that's the thing i mean some of the language you don't need it in there and when when it goes over the top with the language i are they trying to make a a social satire on the language as well as the violence you know it's or was that just it was the 80s exactly um well and i mean not just the 80s 80s and 90s Mm -hmm. action movies yeah that was that was the thing you know yep yeah um, and I'm with you there as far as language goes. I don't like getting those words stuck in my head. I'm not good at using those words anyway. <laughs> um, I just have never been – even when I wanted to try, like when I was in college <laughs> and I'd want to try, you know, I yeah. couldn't. I could never swear very well. No. So, you know, I, I just – it's not a talent of mine. Um, but I don't like those words being in my head. Yeah. Um, they don't come out of my mouth so much. Because, like I said, I just wasn't around it, and I just wasn't, you know, using it with with people when I was uh, growing up and everything. But it does get stuck in my head, 
And mm-hmm. that is – maybe that's an episode. Nah. <laughs> How are we going to talk about it? Yeah. And then there's this word. I can't really say it because we get an explicit tag and I don't want to say it anyway. But – and then there's this other one. So, okay. Just so the beep episode. Yeah. Actually, that would be kind of fun too. Yeah. Uh, just beeping random words. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So I, I do say though, this is RoboCop is a quote unquote, and I'm doing air quotes with my hands, but I'm doing it real close to the microphone so you can see them. Um, quote unquote, a classic of sci-fi, um, right. because of what it does being with the first RoboCop movie, it's social satire. It's making fun of the excess of 80s America. Mm-hmm. And it's making fun of the products. And it's making fun of the yuppies. And as an 80s action movie, it is making fun of 80s action movies. But it's mm-hmm. doing so in not like uh, Naked Gun or Airplane, right. where it's straight out uh, parody. Oh, yeah, you know where they're they're taking the tropes and doing jokes with it. Mm-hmm. They're 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 doing that same kind of thing here, but they're doing it in the context of an actual sci-fi movie, and they do actually get into some sci-fi themes. I think, mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, definitely of identity, and you know this is this is the story of a of a cop who is killed, brought back to life, and trying to rediscover his humanity. Um, but then he's also got these directives in him mm-hmm. in this first RoboCop movie. There's three prime directives that are, you know, that he is like the three laws of robotics almost for him. Right. And then, of course, there's a fourth one, which is that he cannot harm someone from uh, OCP. Right. And so that fourth <laughs> prime directive, he doesn't know about it's hidden um, and it protects anyone who is a, a, an employee. And at the end of the movie, just Dr. Jace, if you are listening on the off chance <laughs> that you are listening, this is where yeah, you want to take out your, your earbuds. Now. But that's where he wants to break the prime or that fourth directive. He can't break it. He can't break his programming, but he wants to. And so that's the, you have that struggle. And then that's where they fire the, um, the yeah. main bad guy in the boardroom. Who's the, yeah. like the, president of the board or whatever they fire him so that robocop can uh, arrest him and shoot him yes you know and you're fired thank you (laughs) um and so this is but you have that struggle of um he has programming and is our brain more than a computer or less than a computer i mean and and he wants this and so there's free will as far as his desire but what about as far as his action goes? And we're actually going to talk a little bit about that when we get into the 2014 RoboCop too. Right. Um, so anything more to add there about that first RoboCop movie? I think we touched it all. Yeah. I was going to say, well, I, I was going to give things. you a little bit of time to think as I give one more <laughs> warning. This is an ultra violent movie. Okay. And so if you do happen upon it, want to watch it just be aware of what you're getting into um when i say i recommend it as a classic of sci-fi um i recommend it for what it is as a classic of sci-fi i don't necessarily recommend it for what it does 
um, as far as, <laughs> like I said, all the violence and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and honestly, as- I watched it again. So we, as I was getting ready for the the new movie, I'm probably not going to come back to it. No. Um, no. But as I was listening to it, um, I had just gone through the um, the podcast with uh, my friend Caesar Kalinowski and his albums, which took a, a lot from Blade Runner. And uh, he mentioned Lawnmower Man in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen, watching the the RoboCop movie. I noticed a bunch of stuff that he he took from RoboCop. <laughs> um, yeah. So and it was stuff where I was like, is that in Blade Runner or where is that? What movie is that from? And now you know I've I've pieced it together. So you know well, some of the the. Um, Especially one where the, they get these huge super weapons. This isn't a spoiler. They get these big guns that can like blow up a car with one shot. And a guy uses one. He says, I like it. And <laughs> uh, that Under Midnight, the you know, Caesar Kalinowski's band, they sampled that at the beginning of one of their songs. And uh, some of the news report stuff they sampled and you know overlaid to, to make soundscapes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, was, it was nice to hear that part. It, it was nice to hear... Hear the Those, source. Yeah, the, the source samples. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Then the, the other big line that keeps coming back in every single movie is, "I'll buy that for a dollar." <laughs> um, and that's that. You know, like I said, I get the words stuck in my head. Um, that's one that it's stuck in my head, and I want to say it, but no one I'm around is going to get it. No, no, one. no one I'm around is going to understand when I say, "I buy that for a dollar." Yeah, they're going to be like. It's it's five. It's five dollars. What are you talking yeah. about? You know. <laughs> Sorry, sir. Of, of course you'd buy that for a dollar. It's a five dollar item. We all would. <laughs> if only an idiot wouldn't. <laughs> only an idiot or someone who doesn't want it. Yeah. So um yeah. <laughs> all right, so now we're gonna venture into some territory that you're not familiar with, Steve. What? Yes. And so I am so excited to walk you through this wonderful land of the Robocop franchise <laughs> now there's some stuff that you're going to find really interesting and that's the kind of stuff i'm going to hit on real quick here because you do have in 1990 and 1993 you have a second and third movie right but uh what year did the, the this first movie came out i think it was 1998 uh, no nope, it came out in 1987 i meant i meant 88 but it i was oh, yeah. wrong so even when my mistake, I'm correcting my mistake to make another mistake, but um, <laughs> 1987, do you want to know what came out in 1988? Yeah, sure. Let me tell you <laughs> what came out in 1988, Robocop, the animated series. <laughs> the animated series. Yes. Robocop, the animated series was produced by Marvel Productions. Okay, now I think Marvel they did the comic book too, yeah. Well, there was a comic book as well. Yeah. Um, now Marvel Productions did um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man's Amazing Friends, um, Muppet Babies, Fraggle Rock cartoon, GI Joe, Transformers, um, all those kind of you know tie-in things. But they also did this RoboCop show that was on. Uh, I believe it was syndicated. But I think it was on uh, Saturday mornings. And they only did like half of the season. 
because this is where we have to keep in mind, this was an X-rated movie <laughs> that was toned down to become an R-rated movie. And then they made an animated series, yeah, a cartoon. And here's the crazy thing. I remember watching this cartoon. Okay. Now there were other cartoons that were based on, um, R rated things. Uh, attack of the killer, killer tomatoes is one that I remember from the nineties, I believe (laughs) early nineties, um, toxic crusaders Mm -hmm. based on the toxic crusader, which again, R rated, um, do you remember the police Academy cartoon? Yeah. I uh, don't remember though. Was police Academy an R rated movie? I'm pretty sure it was. Okay. And then there was Rambo cartoon. Yeah. Okay, yeah. which again, R-rated film franchise that we're talking about. Okay, uh, by the way, there was intended to be an Alien Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> they made a pilot, but it never went to series. So, wow. But again, this is RoboCop we're talking about, and in the beginning credits, and I again, I remember this vividly, watching the cartoon and seeing in the cartoon in the beginning credits of every episode. I remember it from like the one or two that I saw. I didn't see all the episodes, but from the one or two that I saw, I remember seeing where the bad guys were talking Red's gang, Red from from that 70s show. <laughs> he and his gang with their guns and they're showing them shooting their guns. They don't show Murphy getting shot, but they're showing these guys shooting someone off camera. And then they show, you know, RoboCop being built or whatever. Wow. I know. And I'm just, uh, again, this is where I'm looking at this franchise. I am astounded by this. I am astounded by this. So that's in 88 that it came out. So that's the year after the movie came out. Mm-hmm. So this is even before the second and third movies came out. Now, the second and third movies come out in 90 and 93. And they're both written by someone that you're familiar with, Steve. And that is Frank Miller. That's right. Yeah. So uh, Frank Miller comes in and he has, you know, in 19, was it 86 that Dark Knight Returns comes out? Uh, I think it was around there. It was in the middle, the the mid, the mid 80s. You have, he's hot stuff because he had done the Daredevil run um, where with Elektra. He had done, um, oh, there's the uh, Ronin, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I really enjoyed that that comic series. That that was one of the graphic novels when I was in college. It was one of the first graphic novels that I picked up at a used bookstore as I was getting back into comics and I was like, Oh, this is really, really well done and really got me excited about what comics were able to do with a story. Um and then of course the the one that put him on the, the map, Batman Dark Knight Returns, which was a lot of uh tonally anyway was inspiration for Tim Burton's 1989 Batman movie. Now, not not a lot of it translated in there, but um, because of what Frank Miller had done, that's where the Batman we got with Michael Keaton was so dark, is because we right. had this really dark Batman story of the Batman of the future with The Dark Knight Returns. Right. So Frank Miller, he's working in Hollywood, and they bring him in, and he does RoboCop 2 it gets a huge rewrite. All right. Um, so much so that he, he kind of distanced himself from it. But you know who directed RoboCop 2? Uh, Irvin Kirshner. Are you serious? I am totally serious. This is a man who directed probably the seminal movie of most 
geeks' lives, at least geeks wow. from our generation area. Okay. He directed Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. And he also directed a James Bond movie or maybe more than one. But um, So they bring in Irvin Kirshner to come and do RoboCop 2. It's written by Frank Miller and Frank Miller does satire. You know, he he does that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think he wasn't a bad, uh, he wasn't a bad fit, but, um, they did do a big rewrite on him and he was not happy with it. He, he came out against it. Um, and so he, he turns around and, um, now, uh, maybe five years ago, there's a comic book series that was like supposed to be his script for RoboCop two. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So 1993, um, this is MGM. MGM is having troubles <laughs> and, and they're, they're about to be, or is it, maybe it's Orion. MGM and Orion were working together. Yeah. It'd be Orion and MGM buys them and they, they make RoboCop three. Um, Frank Miller comes back to RoboCop three, but it's now PG 13. And so, you know, they're basically, I think they're just kind of looking at well, who's this franchise for. But again, I'm just looking and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, this is, we are talking about the R-rated f- franchise, right? Yeah. No, we're yeah. going down to PG-13. This is a movie that anyone can go to. Um, the, the RoboCop 3 had Ninja in it and <laughs> a kid hacker sidekick. And yeah. Wow. So um, it's just and an it, interesting... And- and Paul Weller didn't return. Oh, Peter Weller did not return That's for it, yeah. the third one. He was back for the second one because they gave him a lot of money. <laughs> uh, but he didn't. Or was he back for the second one? He was. Yeah, he did the okay. first two. Um, he did not we come should, back for the mention, third one. We should mention Peter Weller, uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Yes. So uh, you know, a good good sci-fi chops coming into this. Well, because of Buckaroo Banzai and RoboCop. That's put him in, you know, he's a sci-fi standard actor. You know, the, he, yeah. he's in a lot of really low-budget star. star. Uh, well, yeah, but really low-budget sci-fi direct-to-video stuff. But then, yes, oh, yeah. uh, the Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so RoboCop 3, I don't even know who the guy was that directed that. I don't really care. It is a bad movie, my friend. There was, was a guy called Fred... Decker. Fred Decker. Let's look Fred Decker up. He he pr- he produced. He was the writer and director for oh, Night I of s- the Creeps and Monster Squad. I've seen. Mm, <laughs> have I seen? I might have seen Monster Squad. I, I know I've seen Tales from the Crypt. House. Oh, story only, not director. Anyway, so they bring in this guy, and he turns in a movie, and um, it's, it's just not not good. Uh, so after that, we got some TV shows out of it, a TV series, single season, syndicated in 94. So, you know, it's Babylon 5. This is around the time with Babylon 5, Deep Space Nine, um, Star Trek Next Generation. Um, it's about the beginning, maybe, of uh, Xena and, and Hercules. Around that time. Around that time. But anyway, we have – it's syndicated sci-fi on late night television, usually not network television. Um, it was those, those random channels that we used to have that I used to love 
because you can flip it on and you get reruns of shows and you get old movies and and you get this stuff. Oh, time tracks and <laughs> oh, do you remember those shows? Oh my goodness, Space Rangers, yeah, Space yeah. Rangers. Um, yeah. That was when they were doing the the reboot of um, oh the 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 wandering martial arts guy. Uh. Yeah, Kung Fu. Kung Kung, Fu. Yeah, the, the 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 reboot of that and and what was that Ocean Quest or Sea Quest twenty thirty Sea Quest? No, that was that was network. That was that not network? syndicated? Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, William Shatner's Tech War. Tech War. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and so you have RoboCop thrown in the mix. We should there. do a Tech War episode. If you want to do the research, <laughs> I'll sit along with you. Um, okay. Then in two thousand one, they did four TV movies that were produced by this Canadian company that had the franchise rights. They were going to lose them. And so they put out these four TV movies. Nobody wanted them. Um, <laughs> it ended up going on sci-fi channel and uh, Steve, uh, they were on network Netflix streaming for a while. They're not now. And to all of you are saying, Oh man, I missed it. You did not miss a thing. No. Oh, they were so bad. Really? They were terrible. They were just awful. I mean, they weren't even good for television. It's not like the kind of thing where all those TV shows we were throwing out there just, just now for they were in syndication. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd have low-budget fight scenes and low-budget car chases and stuff like this. This RoboCop four-movie four series, it was so bad. It did not even touch any of it. It was just bad. So, Wow. But here's where you know I look at franchises, and I'm interested in them, and I'm interested in this franchise because look at where it went. You know, it started yeah. out as this classic sci-fi movie. You know that I I recommend with reservations, but I recommend because of it being a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it mirrors Jaws in some ways. You know, where it just starts out as high as a movie can be, and then with each installment in the franchise it's like they're saying how low can you go (laughs) every franchise they're just moving that bar down lower and lower and so and and it just with robocop it feels like they're just throwing stuff against the wall to say okay a cartoon you know that'll make us some money so we can you know um and the same thing happened, you know, with you have some of that franchise with uh, Alien franchise, the Predator franchise, and they just all kind of follow along that RoboCop trend or that Jaws trend. And uh, Batman franchise, at least the first four movies in the Batman franchise, where it was the Burton Schumacher Batman. Right. I mean, it's just right. they follow that trend. It is a really interesting trend to follow. And so this is where RoboCop interests me, but I'm not a fan of it. So now we're in 2014, Steve. We are. Yeah. And we are uh, – we're looking at MGM. MGM has gone through a bunch of money problems. They sold off a bunch of their their assets. Um, they canceled some of their TV shows like Stargate, uh, Universe. And fortunately for MGM, they had a franchise – just a little franchise, but they were able to kickstart their bankruptcy. And, you know, the people who were bailing them out were able to make money off of Daniel Craig as James Bond. Right. 
So what else do they have to work with as far as franchises go? Well, they've got RoboCop. (laughs) And so they're going to get RoboCop out there. Because rebooting 80s franchises and 70s franchises, it's the cool thing to do, man. Yeah. It is. All the cool kids are doing it. Yeah. Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica is one. Yeah. Um, You know, going into movies, you've got uh, Star Trek getting its reboot. Yeah. Um, Friday the Thirteenth is getting its reboot. Um, sure well, it had it. It's, it's oh, already right. had it. That's right. Yeah. Um, I didn't follow it that much. So I, well, I, I, I blanked on it for a second. I, I don't follow Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> I'm not like a. I'm. I, I do enjoy horror movies. Friday the Thirteenth is not where I go for horror, though. No. Um, but that's a, another example of a franchise that kind of died out. And they brought back to try and you know make money, right? I mean, let's face it: breathing life into a franchise does not mean, hey, yes, we're getting out there for the fans. It means, hey, yes, we have this <laughs> thing that's making us money. So, RoboCop, why not? I mean, it's a it's a it's a known quantity. Yeah. And so, I'm excited about the trailer, Steve. I don't know if you had any thoughts about the trailer when you saw it. Did you care? Yeah, it was sort of like you know, hey. This this could be good. Because I get the impression from you, Steve, that you would want to see the movie, this this RoboCop movie, but not in the theater necessarily. You would have done like a Redbox rental or something like that with this. Is that, is yeah, that accurate? It, but it, I made you go? <laughs> <laughs> you sort of made me go. It, it's it's not the type of thing where I would, I would normally see it in the theaters. And for a, a couple of reasons. I can't take my kids. So that's out. Sorry, I just hit the microphone. So that's out. Um, my wife has no real interest in action movies, so I, it's not a date night movie. Um, you know, my my friends, we don't do movie nights mm-hmm. to to go out to the movies. We don't do that. So um, it it doesn't lend itself easily to me just going and seeing it and just having it be one of the choices I can make. Usually my, my movie choices are very specific and, you know, timed perfectly and all that stuff. Um, to, to put it in perspective, the way I saw the movie was in between my, I, I did a charter on my school bus and in that layover time where I dropped the people off, I drove 20 minutes to the theater, ran into <laughs> the theater, um, bought my ticket as quickly as possible. And I had to time it perfectly. I had to find the theater that was playing it at the time that I was, it was going to be like in that sweet spot. And um, I, I got in there and on time, sat down. And it was funny because it was an HD uh, or whatever. No, it was a, what is it called? The big thing that you IMAX. have to use glasses. Yeah, IMAX. It was an IMAX. And so I get up there and I, I'm purchasing my ticket and I have, you know, $15 on me. So I'm like, huh, no big deal. It's $16.25. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm digging through my pockets for change. I literally did not have – I had $16 sorry, Steve. and like 18 cents. And the, the, the girl was like, oh, go right ahead. And they, you know, we don't – they don't check the, the drawers for exact change. And I'm like, OK. <laughs> I was like seven cents short. Oh, Steve, I'm sorry. So I got in there and then the the previews started rolling and the previews and then there were some previews and then they tagged on a couple of previews and then there was 
a sneak peek at a movie, and then a couple more previews. <laughs> and the movie literally started like 25 minutes after the start time. Yeah, I was pretty frustrated about that too. It was it was it, pretty crazy. That was not just your theater doing that. That no. was, oh man. Yeah. And there and, were some good previews, but I didn't want to see them. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember what the previews were. But, At this point, it was Spider-Man was one of them and Captain America and, you know, uh, there was uh, the sneak peek was for 300, which another over the top bloody movie that oh, I don't know. Oh, because you're in, you're in IMAX. Yeah. Oh, so, so you IMAX. were getting, yeah. So it was, <laughs> you know, but I didn't, I, it, it didn't affect me one way or the other, the IMAX part of it. But the, the bad thing was. Well, no, I that, think it affected the, the previews you were getting. That 300 oh, okay. preview, I did not get that, but really? you got it because you were in IMAX. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't say I'm jealous of no, you. But. No, it's, it's, it wasn't a big deal. But the problem was that there were so many previews, I had to leave the film before it was over. So to get back to to pick up my, my people, I left the movie um, – and it was it was all unresolved. <laughs> so as far as I know, he's still out there fighting crime. They gave him a motorcycle. I, I think is from one of the other the sequel things. I think he had a motorcycle eventually. Yeah. So you're in a unique position here because you can't spoil the ending. I well. So when we go really, up to that no. spoiler point, everything we talk about is you know, first and second act. So the stuff you described to me when you left. I realize you missed the entire third act of this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, well, let's talk about this new one. Uh, this is we're kind of getting to the review section of this podcast. Then, what do you think of the new one? What you saw of it? Um, a lot more development of the family, the family unit, which was really good. Um, Lewis. Is nowhere to be found. I don't think. Lewis, as a female, is nowhere to be found. Lewis is the name of his partner. It's a man now. That's right. And the chief of police. They also did a gender swap. Right. She's, and so she's she, a woman. It's a woman instead of a man. But his yeah. partner, and and I think that this was an intentional choice because they're trying to set up this Alex Murphy character in this Robocop movie, they're really trying to set up his family and his connection to his family. So that it's more tragic when he's blown away and they have to give him robot parts. Right. And you know, they're, they're trying to play up the tragedy there and play up the humanity more in this Alex Murphy than they did in the Robocop first, the first version of this. Right. Um, so they give him a partner who's a man who's not going to be a romantic rival. And you don't have any of those problems that you had in that first movie where you're like, they're going to get together, right? No. Yeah. But the weird thing is they set up Lewis as this strong character, as part of the franchise, all that stuff. Uh Uh-huh. You know, she appeared in in many different – she was in the cartoon. She was. She was in the cartoon. Um, So, you know, you – Of course, she only did the third movie. And again, I think she was yeah. in the second one, wasn't no, she? No, no, no. She did the second one. The only reason she did the third movie, she only did the third movie if they killed her off. <laughs> and killed her off early on. Wow. So she shows up, does a couple days of shooting, and, and then she you know, finishes her career as Lewis with a shooting. Um, nice. Nice. Literally. Yeah. Um, 
But I mean, and they just they just truncate her character into just another male, uh, you know, sidekick type of a thing. So I, it's I wasn't a friendship though. They built a friendship up there. I felt like yes. there was a friendship. I felt yeah. I felt like that friendship. They they do do did do more to develop the family stuff, but I felt his friendship with Lewis was more developed um, than his 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 marriage with his wife in in, in this movie. Okay. As well, yeah. I think that there's a better and more just more developed. So, okay. Um, what I didn't like initially, and I had to rethink it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you sent me the 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 write up for the rest of the movie and how it went from there, um, there was one point in the movie that I wasn't remembering. And it just seemed completely uh, alien to me that this character would do this. And there's a, a minor spoiler alert, but uh, it, it's probably not that much of a big deal if you know the original RoboCop. You know, there's people in the in the company who don't like RoboCop, um, and in the new movie, the boss, uh, what's his name, Batman, Michael Keaton. Um, I think it, in the write-up, I'm, I'm trying to remember it exactly. He's the one that that eventually wants RoboCop killed, right? Is he the one? Yeah, but we don't yeah. want to get too much into spoilers here. Well, that's why I said spoiler alert there at ahead. Well, that's but, why we have the music so we can talk about the spoilers at the end of the episode. <laughs> well, I know, but this is just a short one. Okay. Just a short one. All right. Well, um, because his character earlier on in the movie um, makes that mental switch instead of. Real instead of thinking of Robocop as a human cyborg, <clears throat> he says something to the effect of, No, it's a robot that thinks he's a human, and that's okay in my book to, to you know, to do whatever I want with him or to, to have us do whatever we want with him. And when I remembered that, I said to myself, Aha, okay, that's when he dehumanizes him to the point where whatever happens at the end of the movie, um. You know he's able to make that leap, make to 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 go there. Yeah, although and the ending of the movie that you kind of read on Wikipedia that I sent to you, yeah, um, it doesn't bring out the the tone or the emotion of what's going on there. So right. what, what you're talking about isn't quite as cut and dry as what you I think you were reading there. But you're right as far as dehumanizing him. That's a big big theme here is we have them dehumanizing him at every turn. Now you have the, uh, the doctor, um, who's played by, um, by commissioner Gordon, uh, Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Um, you get Batman and commissioner Gordon in this movie, by the way, it's Michael Keaton and Gary Oldman. So it's two different, you know, ends of the franchise, but, um, the doctor, he starts out and he's totally a humanitarian and then he starts making all these compromises for his work. Right. And, um, I can't remember where I was going with that. Oh, he, de- he dehumanizes. Uh, he, he just basically has to keep saying to himself, you know, it's okay. It's okay. But they override. And this is where we get into the free will idea. It's not the same as the prime directives from the earlier movies and TV show and all that kind of thing. In fact, the TV movies I was talking about that are terrible. They're actually called RoboCop Prime Directive, 
and then each one of them has a subtitle with that. <laughs> um, so it's like RoboCop Prime Directive Crash and Burn or something. Right. But um, he doesn't have the same Prime Directives. It's just programming that they're applying over his free will, over his um, his choices to to do this or do that as a as a police officer, as a cop, as a Robo cop, as it is. As a Robo. Um, but that's where you know he's dehumanized. Then he's dehumanized by um, Jackie Haley. I can never get this guy's name. <laughs> Jackie Haley Osmond. Osmond. Uh, Osmond. Jackie Earl Haley. Well, there's no Osmond at all. It's Jackie Earl Haley. <laughs> nice, Ben. Um, I'm going to try not to do any editing on this episode, though. Um, okay, so Jackie Earl Haley, he's in there. He His nickname for RoboCop is Tin Man. Mm-hmm. You know? And Jackie Earl Haley's job with the military is to kind of oversee robotic uh, cops uh, in other countries. And so he looks at Murphy and he's just, you're just a, you're just a robot. You're just another, you're just a robot with some tissue in there. Uh, and so you've got him, you know, completely dehumanizing Murphy. And, you know, we'll talk about that idea of the themes and stuff in a, in a minute there. But um, yeah, so it, this, the thing about this movie to me is that this one's a deeper movie. And it doesn't have quite the same social satire bite to it. Well, it it but does have it with the it has some with the, um, Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Jackson's yeah. uh, uh, you know over the top um, you know Wolf Blitzer esque. <laughs> uh, I'm hearing a lot of people. Can, I'm hearing a lot of people comparing him to um, Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, okay, but it's. He's he's a political pundit on on TV, mm-hmm. and he's a little over the top, um, and it doesn't quite go to the extremes that we get in the other movies, especially right. that first one. Um, but you have some satire, and all the stuff that's happening in uh, Tehran. Mm-hmm. That's you know, there's some good satire going there about you know being a police state yeah. or being a, an occupying police force. Um, and we're doing it with robots. And so yeah. it's completely emotionless and everyone likes it. Everyone loves it. Why can't we bring it to the United States? That's Samuel L. Jackson's thing is why can't we just bring it here? Because yeah. Americans are robophobic. <laughs> are you robophobic, <laughs> Steve, by the way? Are you? Uh, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not okay. robophobic. But, um, it's not a fear. But that's where you, you do get some of the satire there, but not nearly the level you get it in in that first movie. Um, and instead, you're getting a deeper exploration of humanity with, with Alex Murphy, I think. In the new one? Definitely, yeah, in the new one. The new one is tones back on the ultraviolence. Yeah. It's toned back on the, the social satire and and you know fake commercials. And stuff like that, you know. In I think it's RoboCop one or two. There's there's a commercial for uh, a sunscreen that's like sunscreen five thousand. You know, <laughs> you can put it on and you can actually go out in the California sun for an hour. Yeah. And the woman who's putting on is like turning her skin blue or green. I can't remember the color, but it's like <laughs> this. It's just 
you're putting on this frosting is what it is. It's just <laughs> it's just a layer of protection, you know. Yeah. You're not going to get that kind of thing in this movie. No. Um but uh yeah, so there is some of that, but I I feel like we're getting a deeper exploration of of humanity than we got yeah. in the first one. Yeah, and I I I won't spoil this one, but this one the new one, I think you get a better sense of how much physically is still, you know, left of of this person, you know, and, and yes, that you, is a spoiler. I want to come back to when we play that yeah. music. Yeah, but you you get more of a sense of that than than what you get in the, in the first movie, where, um, you know, you you're more told than shown. Let's just say. Right. Well, and and I without spoiling anything about that. RoboCop, the idea of, of RoboCop is a terrifying idea if you're thinking, what if that happened to me? Yeah. You know, but so, yeah, it's bad. And they show you. And we'll talk about that after the spoiler alert, but it's a terrifying visual image. And it just brings it all home. And it's, again, where you're asking, when you see what's left of him, where is the humanity there? You know, where does his humanity exist? Um, because it's still there, but is it just because he has a brain? What if it was just a brain in a jar and it's just that sci-fi idea? Right. So, um, <clears throat> uh, what else was there to talk about here up front? The, oh, they do, um, <laughs> That's again. I, that's a spoiler. I don't want to give away. Well, let's do it. In the so back. We'll, we'll do that in the on the back end. But there is some some other satire stuff that I do want to talk about. That's maybe social commentary more than more than satire. So um, yeah. Uh, so overall, do you recommend <laughs> based on what you've seen this new RoboCop movie? <laughs> you know it. It wasn't as good as I thought it could be. And now even in retrospect watching the original again, you know, it. I wouldn't personally recommend someone just to go see it. You know, if, if you're invested in the, in the series or, you know, if you're a completist or whatever, you know, if you like that type of stuff, yeah, sure. But as just a general movie, no, I wouldn't say. No. I would say I do recommend it, but here's how I, with, with the, the caveat, I recommend this movie. If you really want to see it in the theater, go for it. But if you're into sci-fi, that's exciting and has some thoughtful moments to it. Um, wait for it to come out on Redbox, rent it for a dollar or wait for it on Netflix and, and watch it there. Or even wait until it gets to the cheapy theater. Um, I don't recommend watching it at full price. Uh, I'm just I'm going to put it that way. Um, but I think it's a it's a worthy movie for 2014 sci-fi. It's not going to go on the best of my list probably because there's a lot of good stuff that I'm waiting to see. But um, it's I I found myself I found myself thinking in this movie. It made me think about 
you know, how much of what we are is humanity. And, you know, do you remember the scene at the very beginning with the guy with the guitar? Um, there's the guy playing the guitar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. His one hand has been amputated. Right. And so he's, he's got a Luke Skywalker hand going yeah. on and, um, he's playing and it's really a touching scene because he, he didn't think he'd ever be able to play again. And, you know, then, um, Michael Keaton comes in and interrupts and stuff and there's some emotional stuff going on there, but those kind of beats, you know, I, I wasn't expecting that kind of mm. thing to show up in this movie. I wasn't expecting to actually feel an emotional connection to two characters who we're never going to see again. Right. You know, this, this is a scene that sets up, uh, commissioner Gordon and as the doctor. And this is the scene that sets him up as the, um, the expert in, in robotics and cybernetic technology and, and in cyborg technology, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a touching scene. And so, uh, again, I, I found myself thinking, and okay, so where does the soul reside? You know, <laughs> and is this movie going to basically say to us there is no soul? It's all programming, right? Your brain, whatever is in your brain, it's just binary um, code in a natural setting. Yeah, and and I found myself wanting to know where they're going to go with it, and. Yeah, and the idea of the soul, that's something that's an important uh, aspect of of sci-fi, honestly. Yeah. Whether it exists or not is a question that comes up in a lot of sci-fi. And what where does the soul come from and in in RoboCop's case in the first movie, you know, free will, that's a huge thing. We get free will here in this movie too. Yeah, um, explicitly. Yeah, but I mean, they, because, they go ahead. Because he, he, one of the characters says, you know, it's he has the illusion of free will. He thinks he's making the choices that the that the robot part is making. So he has that illusion of free will. I thought that was an interesting, you know, just another stripping away of of humanity, mm-hmm. taking that aspect away from him. So now he doesn't even have what everyone else has. You know. But he thinks he does, which is horrible. Well, and but that's the way some people view. That's that's how they view anything we do. We just have the illusion of free will. We are not choosing anything. It's all based on instinct. And it's all based on um, primal primal needs. Right. And you know, romance is just mating. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just uh, it makes mating you know, interesting and fun, but it's, it's still just, you know, part of a, a base physical need. Right. And so, um, I, this idea of the illusion of free will and again, getting into programming and stuff like that. So I, I, I like what I'm seeing as far as some of these, there's for a reboot of a, what 30 year old franchise you know, I think we're getting a surprising amount of thematic meat to play with. Um, it's not perfect. The guy who plays RoboCop, when he is not RoboCop, I don't believe him. 
<laughs> it's really interesting because when he shows up on screen and he's not RoboCop, and especially when he's doing the family scenes, I'm just like, this guy's kind of stiff, and I'm I'm not really, you know, believing his character. And then when he you know, gets put in the suit, I'm I'm feeling for him and relating to him. I'm like, okay, wait, what just happened here? He's less human, but I'm liking him more. <laughs> um, and the the mom wasn't all that impressed with her, and the kid who's playing off the dad and the right. mom, um, you know, children actors are a problem anyway sometimes, yeah. and and I I just feel like the, this kid actor didn't have a lot to play off of. With, there wasn't a lot given to him or to be able to react to and, and, and overcome the child actorness of the child actor. Yeah, there were, there were scenes where I was like, you know, it wouldn't take a lot for him to make giant steps towards these people. And Who do you just, mean by just, him? But, uh, Robocop. Okay. To make giant steps towards his family. Because you already saw him on the video phone, you know, mm-hmm. so he, he he has that technology. I can only assume he has the technology available to watch TV or even, you know, plug in and have the TV play in his brain as far as we know. Who knows? I mean, it's that type of a but deal he, maybe. But he, he can at least see a television screen. Yeah. You're right. So, you know, at the very least, he could, you know, blast through a whole bunch of, of the hockey games that his son – wants to watch with him that he recorded <laughs> on his TV and stuff and just very easily. Hey son, you know, Hey, how about you watch him here and I'll watch him there and then we can talk about him or, you know, text or something. I mean, they, they didn't get into uh, social media uh, as far as I know, the, the, as much as, as I saw, um, but they didn't get into that, that stuff, which is, is, is prevalent. I mean, it's all over the place nowadays. They had some cell phones. They had people on cell phones but they really, I think, missed an opportunity to make a statement about social media by doing nothing with it. And even in places where they could have easily put some stuff in there, they just they just dropped it. It's like, yeah, I'd like to watch those shows with you, but I guess that's impossible here in the future. <laughs> well, I don't think he was saying that. I think he was saying we can't do it right now. We're gonna, right, we'll come back to the, it. That's the sense you get. It's like, really? It's the future? You know, there's, there's no rocket packs. There's no, um, you know, flying cars. There's no, or maybe Well, there's Cylons. The- and there's men in, you know, robot suits walking around who, you know, only have a hand of flesh or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I, I – yeah. I, I'm – you're right. The thing is they didn't go to the family as much as I think they should have or could have. Yeah. And they didn't make it about Murphy and his family. Although, having watched all those TV movies and then the three um, RoboCop movies, a lot of times Murphy is just off screen and forgotten because yeah. they have other things going on that that cost less to film than it costs to film a guy in the robot the RoboCop suit. Right. Um, at least here, this movie is actually about Alex Murphy, and I like that. I like it that we're following a character. We're giving some big sci-fi ideas. Um, whether or not it plays out perfectly or not is another story, but it is causing me to think about you know sci-fi questions. And 
yeah, the family. I just wish it would have been a better family. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that much of a problem with the family. Um, you know, I think the you you just have more of a problem with how they use the family in the story. Is that is that what you're well, saying? Well, just just the the way that they just conveniently put them over to the side instead of like giving them actual reasons why they were being forced over to the side. Right. You know, it was just now it was just <clears throat> choices that RoboCop was making. You know, Murphy makes the choice not to watch the games with his son instead of having something come in between that. Well, but what happens is he has a choice. He makes a choice to put it off. This is the first time they've seen him in the suit mm-hmm. and he puts it off. But then the next time they see him, you know, he doesn't have the choice anymore. He's his. <laughs> this is where technology has gone haywire and <sighs> RoboCop is not the Alex Murphy you thought he was. So, um, so <laughs> anyway, 1940s announcer voice. That's right. I don't know why it's a 1940s announcer voice because it's a 1987 movie. That we're rebooting here. <laughs> that's as far back as it goes. But uh, okay, so bottom line, um, I recommend watching it, but I don't recommend spending a lot on it. But I enjoyed it, and I think some of you will too. And Steve, um. <laughs> Obviously not worth what you spent on it, considering your experience. No, 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 no. <laughs> I not do not recommend my... watching half the movie and spending fifteen dollars. Oh, sixteen. <laughs> well, you know, maybe people will click on uh, some Amazon links for us and help us to yeah. recoup your. That might be good. Sorry, Steve. How am I going to explain it to my wife? <laughs> Uh, you don't. You just uh... oh, when she sees it come up on the bill, you know she's gonna be like, "What kind of a movie costs sixteen dollars to go into? I know what you're watching." Like, no, no, it was yeah, You know the kind of movie it is. It's the kind of movie that Ben makes me go see. <laughs> All right. Well, we need to do some spoiler talk here, and so okay. um, you know, I did have some Bible verses I was gonna bring up. Cool about cool. the soul. We can do that before the spoiler. Yeah. Because here is a verse I thought of that I think fits what we're talking about here in this movie nicely, especially some of the things that are at stake for Alex Murphy. And that's uh, Matthew ten twenty eight, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Excellent. But yeah, rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Yep. I was um, going to go right there if you didn't. So Yeah. And it just <laughs> – that's, that's the theme verse. You know, if we're going to try and make an application, a spiritual application here, but there's definitely some of those questions about soul and is there a human being beyond the physical? So. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. We're going to sound the spoiler alert. Spoilers. 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 Okay. We're going to talk spoilers, Steve. Good. Finally. Everything's on the table. You can talk about anything you want. How disturbing was it when they took away the armor, <clears throat> the RoboCop armor, and revealed what was left of him? Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrifying. Yeah. I. It was really disturbing. Yeah. 
And Steve, this is where the actor sells it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I, I wasn't with him. I was with him when he's with Lewis. I wasn't with him when he was at home. <laughs> the, the, the actor, I mean, yeah. um, but then you see that scene and he's, it's just his face. And this is where I'm talking about, you know, this is good movie making as far as visually they are making us ask these questions. Right. Yeah. You know, cause you're looking at him and there is what's left a hand lungs, lungs <laughs> and his <laughs> head trachea and his head. Yeah. Oh, the trachea. That's right. Oh, that was gross. Yes. <sighs> yeah. So, I mean, if that's all that's left, where, where is that soul? I mean, most people would say, well, it's, you know, around in, your heart or you in know, the brain. That, I think that's in the, your brain. Yeah. But even the brain, I mean, how much of his brain was real? Well, that's just it. I mean, that's where you get into the free will questions where they're yeah. actually, they're showing his brain. Yeah. Um, which really should be more disturbing than it is. It's just, we're used to seeing those things, you know, the, yeah. the brain yeah. and the jar, but they, they show his brain and they show the tech yeah. intruded upon his brain. Yeah. And you know, when they're taking away his free will, so that as soon as he goes into battle mode, he's not making choices anymore. Yeah, they're actually, you know, changing his brain, and he doesn't even get Tahiti. No, he doesn't. He he doesn't what a rip off. He gets a a, a pool party <laughs> where he's dancing <laughs> he with his wife for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Um, to Sinatra again. That was a great scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's some fun action and good action scenes in this. Um, but yeah, those, oh man, that was disturbing. And then when he runs, Steve, um, I want to bring this up. I didn't like the running part. Well, let me tell you why you didn't like it because you know what it made me think of? What? It's the anti avatar. (laughs) Okay. Now in avatar, you have the running scene where the guy is put into the body Right? So where does the mm-hmm. soul reside? We're not going to talk about Avatar too much here. It's, don't worry. Please. Yeah. Where does the soul reside? Well, it doesn't – we don't know, but they're able to download it and upload it and everything. And so they put the crippled man's avatar or crippled man's uh, soul into the avatar, into a created body, and he's able to run. And he loves it because he's right. in this body and – you know, honestly, I don't remember what you said about this scene, but I do remember when I was talking with you about this movie in our first podcast that we have no um, trace left of it. <laughs> um, I do remember talking about this to you because I was so blown away by that scene and it was an emotional experience. It was fun. I was excited for this guy. Okay. So now we go to Robocop. It's the mm-hmm. opposite. It's the exact opposite. He does not want to be in this body. <laughs> he couldn't run if he wasn't in the body, but um, he goes for the run. And then he's, this is the other thing I love is they're not in Detroit anymore. He jumps the wall and he's in a rice paddy. Right. He's made in China. Yeah. He's made in China. But the thing is, it was already established that it's China or at least in Asia you know, was he's it? running through the thing and you see the, the Asian people. Oh, it's and building that to that. Eh, but you know what? He jumps over the wall and he's in a rice 
paddy, mm-hmm. okay? It's, which is like ankle-deep water, let's just say. Ankle to knee-deep water or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they let him – they still let him run for like a quarter of a mile before they shut him down. Right. With no one except these people who aren't going to touch him to to help. If he falls face down, they lose him because Do they he lose drowns. Him? <laughs> I mean he's got lungs. I Don't get me wrong. He, he's – I, I see where you're going, but I don't know if he'd be lost to them. But the thing is, they could have shut him down any time before the actual stupid running and falling and just happens to land on his back scene, which didn't really help. That it was like, okay, I, I, we get it. He's made in China. You know, okay, very funny. Let's go but on to the next But there's two thing. things going on in this scene. One is made in China. The other is the doctor, Dr. Norton, Commissioner mm-hmm. Gordon. Okay is letting him do that. It's letting him and this is he's still humanized in Norton's eyes at this point. He's letting him work through these human emotions that he has. It's a terrifying moment. You know, this is before he sees what's left of him. Right. And this is where he's realizing I am in a robot body. And he's like, okay, just step back. We're going to, you know, monitor him, but I want to see what he's going to do. Let's let him I think that they're this is a human moment, not just for Alex Murphy, but for the doctor and makes you like the doctor kind of so you can like him at the end because in the middle there in act two, the doctor is not doing nice things. Yeah. When I left, he was definitely <laughs> not on my favorite list. Yeah. But at the, at the end, he does allow uh, – he, 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 uh, he removes – not the programming. Well, he he doesn't remove all of the data inside RoboCop, but he removes mm-hmm. RoboCop from the um, the mainframe, and so they aren't able to access him, and they aren't able to shut him down. And, and it's so the there he's able to go off and do his own thing and go after. He, he's able to go after the the guy uh, Michael Keaton because Michael Keaton has is now wanted for attempted murder. Attempted murder of who? Well, he tried to kill Alex Murphy. <laughs> right. You know, Kids 22. No, it, it's not. It's it's he's able to use that to his advantage and bring it to oh. the forefront of his of his um, priorities or whatever. All right, Catch 21. Sure, Catch 21. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. So then you have uh, we have China, we have the injuries, and then we have the ending. Now you missed out on a big thing with the the uh, resolution of the the cop subplot, and this is where it's weird. We have two stories kind of going on here. Alex goes off and solves his own murder, and brings in the man who killed him. But then there's the two corrupt cops that we all know are corrupt, but no one else does, except for Robo, because what can Robo do? All the closed circuit televisions. He's able to find the reflection of those two cops in a window when they were meeting the the criminal in a restaurant, in the restaurant on the street that we saw them. Right. So he's able to pull that up in closed circuit television. He goes in, he arrests them. He's going to arrest the – because then he, that's where he figures out that the chief is in on it too. So she's actually uh, on the take. She's a dirty cop. Wow. And and then he goes after Michael Keaton. Now here is where we have the big free will battle, and this is where it 
falls apart <laughs> because um, here's where it, it comes down to the standoff on a helicopter pad between Robo, Michael Keaton, and his, his family is there. And they get up there. It's contrived, but it works. You know, they, they get them up there for a fairly logical reason. But um, Michael Keaton, he's he's basically he's not threatening to kill Robo's uh, wife and son, but he's saying, "I'm a red band. I have this thing that we saw in the first two minutes of the movie. Anything that's been programmed by them is programmed not to hurt someone with a red band, which are usually civilians, you know, American civilians who are going right. into Tehran or whatever." Right. So Robo can't shoot Michael Keaton. You know, it's Robocop versus Batman and Batman's winning. <laughs> um, nice. But this is where you get the, you know, he's, he's, he's broken down. He's been, he fought two Ed 2000s or whatever, the, the two legged Walker right. creatures and um, which in the original movie re- were animated by Phil Tippett, mm-hmm. who did the Ranker Beast yeah. and who did the AT-ATs and everything. But anyway, um, it becomes a physical struggle. Like he's trying, he wants to shoot, but he can't even point the gun at Michael Keaton. He's trying, he's trying, he's trying. Finally, it's not some sort of trick. He's, he overcomes the directive and is able to pull the trigger and shoot Michael Keaton. And it just falls flat for me where yes. Okay. It's humanity overcoming programming. It's mm-hmm. the soul. It's the free will. He's able to overcome it, but it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It and just seems like too easy. Yeah, too well, much of an easy out. I like agree. In the first movie, in the first movie, he has to overcome it. You know, in a certain way, and it, it you know, it's something outside of himself that he's searching for, and you can almost, almost, you know, pull a spiritual parallel out of it, where. You know, because that something has, you know, enacted itself, then he's able to to make that next step and do what he needs to do. And right. this one, it's just sort of like, OK, it's another human being. Humans are the best. Humanity wins. You know, humans <clears throat> are even better than robots and computers. <laughs> it's sort of like, eh. But in the first one, it's actually kind of a downer. You know, and he's not overcoming because of his humanity. <laughs> he gets in through a loophole. <laughs> yeah. And now at the end, he says, call me Murphy or whatever. I am Alex Murphy. And, and so he, he, he says that he is not RoboCop um, or he's not a robot. He actually still has his Alex Murphiness. Um, but he never overcomes the programming. And humanity is not more than, you know, a, a program. Um, they, they do in the other movies, they kind of go beyond that. But in this one, yeah, it's, here's the programming. He breaks the programming, but it's a sheer force of will. So I, I agree with the thesis that we have a soul. I believe that humanity is more than just neurons and electrical impulses. And, you know, if we ever do have cyborg technology, where we're actually, um, connecting our nervous system and brains to technology, that it's more than that too. 
Mm -hmm. But while I agree with the central thesis of what they're presenting, it's weak. (laughs) And they don't sell me on it. They don't sell me on my own worldview. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like uh, Star Trek, you know, doing an episode about how the universe is here because God created it. But they do it in such a way where I'm just like, I, I don't agree with you. <laughs> yeah. You're saying exactly what I believe, but I don't agree because you you do it so badly. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I still recommend the movie um, with the, the, you know, see it as cheap as you can, but see it, you know. <laughs> $16, way too much. Oh, I'm so sorry, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I knew it was 16 bucks, I probably wouldn't have gone. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad you went because I was able to do an episode with you actually yeah. knowing what we're talking about. But, yeah. <laughs> For um, once. Especially since, well, because we couldn't even, <laughs> we couldn't get a, a third co-host to come on. So if you yeah, hadn't seen the movie, I would, and I was prepared. I was prepared to do the episode by myself. But, um, yeah, anyway, I didn't have to because you, you saw it and you took one for the team. It's appreciated. <laughs> a heavy one for the team. There you go. But, yeah. So I think that that's about it then, unless you have anything to add. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, it, it's, it's interesting with the, the examination of the soul and dehumanization. Um, but it's just, it's done so much better in other places than here. I will not disagree with you. Yeah. So, and the, the funny thing is, well, two funny things at the beginning of the movie, um, instead of the lion roaring for the, uh, the MGM thing, you get, this funny sound happening and it's uh, Samuel L. Jackson warming his vocal cords up before his, his it, you know, it's the first scene of the film is the Pat Novak uh, show, whatever it is. Um, but the funny thing is that Pat Novak is the name of a, a Jack Webb uh, radio character from the 1940s. <laughs> and for a second I was like, Wait a minute. Are they like riffing off of like Pat Novak <laughs> for hire, you know, from the 1940s? I mean, th- it would be so random if they did. And I was like, this could be cool. <laughs> but they yeah. didn't. So just a name. Yeah. All right. Well, I I can't think of anything else to add here. I I probably will when we're done recording. But <laughs> it won't matter then. So, um Yeah. Well, I, I think it's time to, to say goodbye then. So, well, all right then. Say goodnight, Gracie. Good night. <laughs> Gracie. <laughs> I fed you the line, Steve. You can't. Why do you go against me like that? Just, it's just, you can't. No, come on. Did you really think I was going to say those words in tandem? I did you really? Did. I did. <sighs> you got my hopes up, just like. Pat Novak got yours up. So, <laughs> all, right. all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And, you know, if you did see this movie, let us know what you thought. And if you uh, um, 
have any other thoughts about the, the RoboCop franchise, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Um, go to strangersaliens.com. You'll find anything you need as far as contacting us and everything like that. Oh, yeah. But um, beyond that, I just want to say goodbye, Steve. Thanks for joining me, and thanks for taking one for the team. You're <laughs> welcome. And everyone else, I want to say Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening.